0: Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of ageing well. My name is Marcus Pearce and it gives me great pleasure, as always, to introduce my brother from another mother. He is the incredible soul, the co-founder of The Wellness Couch (laughs) and The Wellness Guys, the inspirational Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, great man.
1: Hello, great man. Great to be here with you again. Thanks, Pearcey. love your intros. always get inspired by them.
0: Well, thank you. But did you know that we are almost five years young, 100 Not Out? (laughs)
1: <laughs> we're almost five not out. I was thinking about that, that I was counting them up. You and I were counting them up and you mentioned it and I thought that can't be right. It just can't be right. Um, but maybe as we get closer and closer to 100, um, time seems to go faster and faster. Maybe that's what it is. I think you're I right. Know. So
0: episode 260 is the five-year birthday of 100 not out. 100 not out turns 5 not out and we cannot be any yeah. more excited. Um, lots happened in five years but there is one incredible human being that we are yet to interview and uh, it gives us great pleasure uh, with, with sincere thanks actually to our good friend on 100 On Out, the dear Bronnie Ware for introducing us mm. to the work of today's guest. Uh, Tony Powell, you would have to say, has lived an incredible life in her 60 years to date and the list of experiences... Is inspiring um, really in its variation. Uh, Tony grew up in some seriously toxic relationships before going on to have a sensational 40 years and counting marriage. She's written a couple of books. Uh, one, what a feeling, which I'm holding in my hands right now, um, and the yellow car. She's a TEDx speaker. Uh, Tony's an internationally acclaimed short filmmaker. Uh, as far as I know, she's the brains behind the Gimpy Film Festival, now known as the Heart of Gold Festival. Um, and there is so much more to discuss with her. It's a very warm welcome to Tony Pow. Hello, Tony. Hello. Now, is this true? Thank you I'm gonna, for having me. Oh well, uh, our pleasure. Is it true? Because I've got a question to ask you, completely unannounced. Are you really? <laughs> and I, I can't find the Australian story story anywhere on the internet. Uh, I, I, I know there's a transcript, but in all you honesty, didn't go
2: and yeah, look at my about page.
0: Yeah, I did. You but know I, well, I, 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 yeah. I don't want to tell you this on the air. But now that you've brought it up, when you click on the link, it just links back to the about page. So. It doesn't actually. That's very good. Anyway, I'll, I'll get
2: that fixed right now. Yeah, so
0: that's not <laughs> the point. I did find the transcript of the Australian Story story, but as you can imagine, with Australian Story transcripts, aren't that that they're not short. But anyway, I want to ask you: Did you really come up with the Gimpy Film Festival, what we know as the Heart of Gold International Film Festival, and put your house essentially yep. up? in exchange for the passion project which we call the Heart of Gold International Film Festival.
2: Yes, I definitely came up with the whole thing and um, did the majority of the work on it for the first four years. Um, In terms of putting our house up, we, we knew that if we incurred debt that we had to be willing to pay for those debts. So we, we put everything on the line. We knew I would walk out of our business. Um, we knew it would have a massive financial impact on us, which it did.
0: <laughs> it's a phenomenal story because I, the only reason why I say this is because I was staying at an Airbnb uh, in Marcus Beach um, with the family uh, probably 12, 18 months ago and the house was adorned in... Um, Heart of Gold Film Festival posters. And I had no idea ah. of, a, of, of the Gimpy Film Festival. Um, and, and really didn't think much of it beyond that. Just thought it was pretty awesome. And now, uh, you're on the call today. And I since learned, um, that you are the Brains Trust behind it. I do recommend, I've I, I read about half the transcript of the Australian Story story. Um, but I'm absolutely inspired by your life. Um, Damo and I have both, uh, Looked at your latest book, What a Feeling. Uh, Both had a look at your TED talk. I've got to say, Tony, a remarkable life, an exceptional life, a true 100 not out lifestyle you have lived um, in your life so far.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't muck around, really.
1: it's, I've I've had a good flick through the book, What a Feeling, and I really loved it. I love the way in which you talk in the book. I love the uh, advice that you give. There's some really great pearls of advice. You flip a few things around. There's one thing that I really loved. You know, growing up as a, a Catholic, we were always taught to uh, do unto others as you would want done unto you. One of the things that you write in the book is to do unto others what they would like done to them. And I really love that little uh, flip of um of that you know that verse or that uh, that wisdom, that knowledge that was passed on through the Bible. you flipped it around and you said, "Hang on a second, find out what people like done to them and for them. It's kind of like a love language which Marcus and I often talk about. And all the way through your book, you've got these little pearls. is Is this just years of wisdom? Is this what did you try this on for size to see if it works, or has this come to you through some kind of divine intervention? How did you get to all this stuff?
2: Oh, yeah, no, I just downloaded it overnight
0: as a divine thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got it on an app, didn't you? You downloaded Um, the app and bang, you just had the. Yeah, I did. I did. I got on Google Play. I I Googled really good advice and chucked it all in a book.
2: (laughs) 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 No. Um, I I became really obsessed with relationships when I married my husband at 19 because I didn't um, love him and uh, was marrying for uh, on someone else's advice is a crazy story uh, but I did actually have the commitment to make it work so then I started trying to find out how you how long how long marriages long relationships worked and that eventually led to just a much broader interest in relationships that's been ongoing for 40 years so this is my 40 years of advice <laughs> Well, you, nice.
0: you talk about the, that advice from your friend um, in your TED talk, which you gave in Noosa about five years ago, and um, it's a phenomenal story. And in and in the the ten minutes um, that that the talk goes for, I don't know how you do a ten minute talk. I, I just I don't know, Damo. Do you think I don't know about you? Oh, there's no way I could talk for just ten minutes. Um, but you did it, you did it remarkable. No, you got you to such, it's usually
1: the length of the intro.
0: Yeah, you got to such a deep and meaningful level uh, so quickly, Tony, which I, I wholeheartedly congratulate you on. I just want to ask you, you, you share the background story um, in, in the TED Talk and I've just, I have to ask you this. You, you say in the talk, You've had you, you you pretty much, and you swear in the talk, which some people love, and I actually think it's great for effect because it just shows how raw this was. You rejected your husband Philip's marriage proposal. You gave him an f bomb on his proposal, which I can't believe didn't break his heart into a million pieces right there. But your f bomb rejected your now husband of forty plus years. You go and speak to your best friend, who tells you that you're silly not to marry the man. Uh, but then you kind of explain your reasoning for rejecting him, which was. Um, heartbreak in your life, uh, incest in your life, two frightening rapes in your life. And as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, gee whiz, you can easily see why you could be forgiven for rejecting marriage. But you, you said that the book is 40 years of wisdom, you know, gleaned um, over that time. But how does someone come back from such, um, the word doesn't do it justice, but from, from such challenging life circumstances?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh the love of a good man doesn't go astray. Good call. <laughs> um, I, think, I think all that uh, probably left me a, a fairly anxious, emotional person uh, <laughs> with lots of shit. Um, and I was just really fortunate to marry a very calm, balanced person who would just uh, kind of keep, keep me on a much more even keel uh, and which gave me time, uh, partly he he. I think that his attitude to me, what he said to me, how he treated me was very reparative. But also it gave me time to grow up enough uh, to start learning some of the things we need to learn in life about forgiving, letting go, changing the story, all that sort of stuff. So I, I think I just really lucked out with a special man who gave me that. Uh, space and
1: support. We often say lucked in because you know, lucked out's kind of got a you know kind of But uh I reckon God, you're lucked I've in.
0: now got to catch up with the wellness council lingo. <laughs> well you know if you've got to flip you gotta flip a few things. Beforehand. <laughs> yeah, this is Damo's one hundred uh, shortcut and and change words. He does have a few. He's got a few. He's very quick too. Okay. Good
1: to luck in, I reckon. Yeah. It's good.
0: But, uh, you know, I've,
1: I've noticed as I've ar- arrived at the ripe old age of 44 that um, my relationship and expectations of my relationships um, just in general seem to change. Um, is it something that I think people uh, should be kind of aware of that as they move further into a relationship, uh, whether it be with their significant other, um, relationships with their friends, family, work colleagues, obviously these relationships change, but... Should the expectations of the relationship change as well?
2: Um, I'd probably um, be more of the mind these days that we shouldn't really have terribly many expectations of other people because ah, I think that. that's what en- ends us up in resentment because people generally fail our expectations. Mm. Um, that's been that's a good. very big, a big, big, big lesson for me. Um, Because I did have lots of expectations of my kids and my husband, my friends and my parents. And when they didn't meet them, I'd feel really let down. But I came to realize that most of them were created in my head. (laughs) I never promised that anyway.
0: Well, that's the massive thing with expectation. I'm always banging on about Shakespeare's one-liner that expectation is the root of all heartache. So anyone's heartache is is an expectation management challenge. But as you just said at the end, it's – often the expectations that we made up without ever fully communicating it to someone else. Um, And this is something which, you know, in in, um, not not simpler language, but I love this language that um, you shared in the book, page 130, about withdrawals and deposits. Uh, I think in the relationship bank account, you know, we want to put deposits into the bank account by, and, you know, as Damien mentioned, we speak about the love languages, whether it's people love quality time, that's a deposit, whether it's acts of service or even a hug or a massage or a foot rub or whatever. Um, But are you happy to to talk people through your own definitions and and examples of um, withdrawals and deposits in the relationship bank account?
2: Yeah, sure. I think. Um, A really good example of this, and this is kind of where it started for us, we'd probably been married about 12 years when we came across a book that talked about this uh, idea, which was a a long, long precursor to um, The Five Love Languages, which I actually think that that was based on this book. And um, I always really loved breakfast in bed. I wanted breakfast in bed. Uh, that seemed like the ultimate show of love to me. And Phil hated breakfast in bed. He just mm-hmm. thought it was
1: disgusting.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't understand why mm-hmm. when tables and chairs had been in bed,
1: one would have breakfast in bed. I know, so, with all the crumbs in the bed, I'm with yeah, Phil. Yeah, with all,
0: all with all the pork crackling <laughs> in the bed, yeah, I'd, be, yeah, I'd, be, I'd be real. Know, so. like <laughs> too. Coffee splashes. As you, as you very honestly <laughs> mention in the book.
2: Yes. My poor crackling addiction. Yes, I'm getting over that. I'm moving on. Uh, anyway, so it, it took it took to 12 years because I'd bring him breakfast in bed and I'd feel resentful that he wouldn't bring me breakfast in bed. He'd look at me like, what are you doing to me when I'd bring him breakfast in bed? So we kept having crossed wires of what made the other feel good. He gave me really weird presents and I was hilarious. Um once we begin to understand what makes a deposit for each other, what, what to him um, felt like love, which really, you know, a hint for all women is guys really like, think sex makes them feel love, um, <laughs> isn't the same for women. And so, you know, that can be such a conflict in a relationship. And as we came to really to get that about each other, what made each other feel loved, things really transformed. They were good already. We'd already created a very happy marriage, but it went up to, I think, really durable marriage.
0: Just got to ask you here. Sorry, I was just asking Damo who next because I really want to follow up this question, uh, Tony. I thought you would. Yep. Um, You mentioned here, and this is really important, right, you mentioned here that Phil bought you a spinning wheel for Christmas uh, he was baffled yep. by your lack of interest. Uh, and then you said, guess who liked to spin? Hint, it wasn't me. And then you said, years later, he couldn't <laughs> understand my less than of reaction when he gave me long nose pliers for Christmas. He maintained they were perfect for me yep. and, and they truly were. They were expensive Swedish ones, la, 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 la. Now, I just think this, is, this, this reminds me and I, I use the example all the time and I'd love to know your thoughts as to the courage it took to change all of this. The Simpsons episode when Homer buys Marge a bowling ball, a 10-pin bowling ball, and he is baffled <laughs> at her lack of appreciation in the present. And it seems so obvious. When it's someone else's relationship, it seems so obvious. Like, well, of course Marge doesn't want a bowling ball because you want a bowling ball, but she doesn't care. And you see it so easily in so many relationships. But, but it's almost like in our own relationships we put the blinkers on. Uh, One, why do you think people do it? And then two, when did you and Phil realize that breakfast in bed was your love, not Phil's love? When did you stop making Phil breakfast in bed if you did, knowing that he didn't value it like you did? Um, And when did Phil start making you breakfast in bed, knowing that it was what you loved, not necessarily what he loved?
2: As soon as we read that book and it had a – uh, survey thing in the back that you did, as soon as I twigged what was going on, that we just weren't meeting each other's emotional need because we kept trying to give each other what we valued in a relationship. That changed overnight.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's wonderful to hear. Do you reckon, no, that's because you just j- truly love each other and you would do that for each other? Because I still feel that a lot of people, well, I know I should be doing this or I should do that or I know he or she would really appreciate if I did this, but they still don't do it. Is that is that without sounding brutal? I because- guess
2: I guess what what for for us we we had had that value from day one that we've we've made this commitment. We are going to do everything we can to make it work. We're going to find out if you can make it work. We didn't really know very much. We were like nineteen. Um, But we did have this really strong commitment to making it work. So we were constantly researching and working to find out. So it would have been just totally counter what we were about to discover this and not do it. Uh, I guess it depends what people want out of a relationship. And I think mostly, unfortunately, often people are looking to a relationship to make them happy and aren't really understanding perhaps that actually a relationship is about giving. Not, not taking. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And so I think people start at the the wrong place, and I think we all like because of the consumer society we live in, where we're told constantly getting what we want, the what we need, and what will make us happy. We're just fed all this bullshit. Well, are we allowed to say that? Um, yes. All <laughs> this bullshit all the yes. time, yeah. um, which makes us feel like we need to get what we want. So our te- our tendency tends to be focus on what we aren't getting or what we need in our relationship and not on what the other person needs. And so we get these really one-sided relationships where both people are on their own side and neither are on the side of each other. And it makes it very difficult. Once I think you get the idea that it is actually the giving that makes you really happy uh, and not the other person, <laughs> then things can change.
1: That's nice. That's a really, that's an excellent perspective. I, um, I'm i often, I'm left wondering often um, about the upcoming generations um, and how they approach things, uh, let's say differently. And Simon Sinek talks about it on one of his, uh, you know, YouTube, I think it was the YouTube video that broke the internet um, with uh, Simon Sinek. He, uh, he speaks about talking to millennials in a particular way and not expecting them to be the same as other generations, and which is true. But I've seen quite often um, people just throw relationships out the window because they feel a little bit broken. Now, if everybody just chucked their relationship out the window and, recite, and, and then just went on to the next one, there'd be no relationships left. Um, it, are we in danger yeah. at the moment of, uh, of people just walking away from relationships too easily? Do, how do we How do we encourage people to put a bit more grunt work into it and keep on going and, and work out how to give more. Uh,
2: yeah, I think, I think this is because we are still, we are, I think we're ever more blind. I think we're getting more blind to the fact that other people and other situations and jobs and all of this aren't what make we makes you happy. So, like, yeah, yes, there is a big movement toward understanding this, but there's also a lot more blindness about it, I think, uh, where people aren't are going after what they want and throwing it away if it doesn't provide immediate um, uh, give back to them.
0: I, I,
2: I, I do I do yeah, I do worry about that. I really one of the biggest things I worry about is that most of our emotional skills we learn through actually relating face to face. And we learn to read emotion by looking Mm, at another face and all the cues and then where we have to feel what they feel. Mm. And that teaches us how to treat each other. I'm concerned that when we don't have a lot of face time in reality and we do a lot more over the internet, that we will perhaps lose a lot of skills.
0: All right, now you raise a can oh, of worms, oh, really? and and I want to bring this up, this social, this social acuity yes. that you talk about, oh. uh, this social intelligence that other people call it. Um, Damo and I have had some conversations off-air about this recently. Uh, Damo's in his 40s. I'm in my 30s. Um, you've got a bit more life experience and wisdom, Tony, on this. Damo mentioned millennials in his last question, and we have a number of millennials listening to this podcast. So I ask you this. Um, hello. With grace. Hello, millennials. Hello, millennials. <laughs> so, we want to ask. Uh, uh, millennials, love you. they seem to be getting a bad rap. Uh, they seem to be getting this uh, label of uh, they're all prancing around like they're entitled to uh, fame and riches and it should just be easy and they should just be able to glide and blossom their way through the day. And And a lot of us older folk think, oh gosh, they just think that life just happens and it all just, you know. They, if they just visualise it once and they should manifest it the next day and all these other things. Um, is there a problem with millennials or perhaps are we the problem? Um, has it always been this way about the younger generations um, or, you know, is it a bit of both? Where do you stand on, on the upcoming generation um, of today?
2: I, I probably don't have a stand as a generation. I'm more... Ha- feel like this is endemic in society and i think it's cross-generational mm. and i think people even of my age who were one way at at 20 can be just exactly that stuck on their phone yes. ignoring other people um behaving in a very entitled manner uh, road rage blah 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 it, I, I don't think it's it's a small group of people
0: Mm,
1: that's a good it's mm, that's a great a very good great observation. Yeah, it's a great observation because you do see people it's easy for people to slip back to the lowest common denominator. Like most people will regress rather than move forward it's a uh, it's a very good observation. I like
0: that. Mm I do to 100% particularly nice that that social awareness of any generation uh, that are, that is using technology particularly a lot, like you said, less face to face time. And I think one thing I hear a lot is people saying, "Oh, it was so good. I didn't ha- I didn't have to talk to a real person." You know, when they talk about something that they did, <laughs> like, is that where we're at now? Like everything's good if we don't have yeah. to talk to someone? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah wow. Well, well, look. Look,
2: um, I heard, I heard. I heard somewhere that in Japan, men weren't marrying because. Um, Between uh, porn and video and stuff, they were getting all their needs met.
0: And artificial intelligence, they can have have robots in their house.
2: Nagging life, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's pretty scary.
0: Yeah, that's scary.
2: That Mm. in the end, really what we want after is our needs met. And I think it stops there for a lot of us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, look, Tony, we could talk all day, particularly about relationships, but what I'm going to suggest to all of our listeners is go to TonyPower.me. That's Tony, T-O-N-I, uh, P-O-W-E-L-L dot me. P-O-W-E-L-L.me. Um, sign up uh, to Tony's newsletter, but get the books, get What a Feeling, get The Yellow Car, which we haven't even spoken about on this episode, but a phenomenal story. And I love your video, Tony, on The Yellow Car, your animated video, very entertaining. Um, and if I haven't said it already, you are you are a wonderful speaker. I loved I've loved seeing um, you talk from the stage. Um, very candid, very honest, and so um, yeah, well done on everything that you're doing. And thanks so much for joining us on 100 Not Out.
2: A pleasure. And by the way, I fixed that link
0: on my about page. Oh my gosh, the multitasking already? female Gee. It blows my mind. Well no, no, no. It's the Philip. It's the oh, Philip. Good on you, Philip. Well done, Philip. Behind every great woman <laughs> is a always a very always incredible back man. Back to the Philip. Well done. <laughs> That's
1: true. <laughs> They're now saying beside PC, you got to get up with the lingo. They're saying beside every great woman is, is a great that, man. Beside every great man politi- is a great woman. Is
0: that because it's more politically correct?
1: Yeah, there's no levels now, so it's all we're all on even no, keel. Forward, backwards, up, So
0: I'm still in a 3D Listen, world. I'm not, yeah. not 2D my yeah. world. But uh, thanks to all those politically <laughs> correct listeners that are going to correct us, me for that. Um, yes. very good very good Tony Powell, check her out Powell.me. thanks so much for joining us Damo you dead set legend can't thank you enough for your <laughs> insights and wisdom as always um, and when I talk to you next it's going to be the fifth birthday of oh. 100 Not Out so yeah. check it out folks thank you for your support uh, for more on Damo go to DamonChristop.com. myself MarcusPierce.com.au for the archives go to TheWellnessCouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out if you are one of the late birds and you haven't heard about our 100 Not Out longevity experience on the Greek island of Ikaria, head on over to 100notout.com. Check out all the details and we may be seeing you on June 25 this year. Um, check out the entire range of podcasts available at wellnesscatch.com, including The Wellness Guys and Your Exceptional Life. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life.